I think I figured it out. So I don't want to be older, let's say 60 or 70 and look back on this time of my life and be like, I really didn't give it my all. Like, I don't want to have regret. And I think that is always here. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like always just kind of in the shadows. And that is like, literally it's like a, it doesn't even feel like a fire. It feels like, like something's like reaching out to grab you and it's like, when you're slipping up too much, like you just feel it getting closer and you're like, ah, no, 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 no. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like get it, get it together. You know what I mean? It's, it's a scary, it's scary. I honestly, that is one of the scariest things to me. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? To look back on life and be like, wow, I didn't give myself a real chance and whatever. I mean, input whatever you want, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's what really feeds like my curiosity and everything I do is just not leaving anything on the table. everyone and welcome back to another episode of Feeding Curiosity. I'm your host, Eric Wenzel, as always. Feeding Curiosity is a podcast that explores the precarious human experience and we challenge ourselves and others to think, question, and synthesize wherever our curiosity takes us. It is through these conversations that we provide blueprints for others to learn and lead a more fulfilling life. My guest today is Jordan Chris. Longtime guest on the podcast, and many of you know what he's been working on, but for those of you who don't, Jordan has been actively pursuing screenwriting. And in this conversation, we get pretty granular in talking about how he looks at his own writing process, why he is choosing to do screenwriting as such a niche field. Screenwriting can feel like a lost cause or something that is a, a pipe dream, for lack of a better term. And I even asked this question to him is, what would you say to someone who says, why do you do this? This seems like a waste of time. And beyond that, we just have a great discussion around film as an industry, loving critiques about it, what shows are good or great, or just anything like that, what makes compelling stories that we just kind of get into a fulfilling life. Like what drives someone to, to do something and fully immerse yourself in it. For Jordan, it's not leaving anything on the table. And I really, really get behind that. So with that, everyone, please enjoy this conversation with my good friend, Jordan Chris. Boom. Jordan Chris in the house. What's up? It's been a while. It has been a while. It's at least, what, November? So it's yeah. Friendsgiving, so yeah. right around Thanksgiving time? Yeah, it's been a while, man. Damn. Good to be back. I know, for real. <laughs> <laughs> it's always exciting when you get back on here, because you never yeah. know what, because we always explore in our own ways, and then yeah. it kind of comes together in these podcasts that, who knows where they go. Right. I'm but, in the background, though. So, you know, yeah, you I know, mean, like, you're not just around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's cool. Yeah. All right, cool, man. So how's the writing going? Let's go, let's start there let's in start the film in the film world. You so know, it's going really good. Where should I start? So okay, so I okay, I texted you. I think the night of this was a couple of weeks ago, maybe mm-hmm. even a month ago at this point. But when I finally finished, yes, you did uh, the pilot script, and it was like, oh my god, I forgot exactly what I said to you, but it was <laughs> along the lines of like, it was so nice to finally. Oh, I remember. It was so nice to finally save the document as not draft 
one, three, six, but to finally save it as lions. <laughs> yeah. I mean? It was like oh, lions are zero. Yeah. Revision I zero. Was like, <laughs> oh, it's done. Lions zero zero one. You yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. Or one, one zero one. Sorry. Yeah. It felt so good. <laughs> it was like just euphoric. Cause I, you know, I mean, you know how long I've been working and talked about it on the podcast. It's for, over a, a year and a half. Yeah. Something like that. Cause I was still in school when I first saw the first, first, first draft. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's so different. <laughs> I might send it to you to, to just, you know. Yeah. Anyway. For posterity's sake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so that felt awesome to finally finish that because uh, so much work and like studying and being like, oh, this doesn't work, that doesn't work. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, f- you figure out, you, like I would learn new things and then be like, oh, shit, <laughs> I did that wrong. <laughs> then I have to go back and then, you know what I mean? So it was yeah. cool. It was a good process and I still have every draft. Mm-hmm. So like I went back and read the first one. And compared it to this one, and I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah, I I was was about to ask that Mm because it's like one of those things, especially in written form. Yeah. It's just the longer you wait to like put it out there in quotation marks, the more it's like, dude, I've been spending like a year on this. And now this thing is like, there's so much wrong with it. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's kind of the danger, (laughs) I guess, in writing because so I say it's done. It's never really done. You know what I mean? If I went back today and read it. (laughs) I would be like, oh, I can change this. And then, you know, but mm-hmm. then at that point, you never get anywhere. You never finish. You just always like, there has to be a point where you can say, this is ultimately as good as it's going to get. You know yes. what I mean? There's always room to get better. But I mean, then you, you lose the core of the story. Yeah. <laughs> and it becomes something completely different. So you have to be able to stop and be like, I feel like the, the best way to do it is <clears throat> to say, this is as good as it can be right now. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I make myself because otherwise I'll do the same thing. Right. I'll just keep sitting. I'm like, oh, it could be a little bit better. Mm -hmm. I'll fix this typo here or like keep going, you know, I'll reread it again. And then as soon as you put it out in the world and you're like, ah, God damn it. There's all those typos that I, (laughs) or whatever Mm -hmm. little things you didn't notice when you were, you know, knee deep in it. And you're like, oh, come on. Now that everybody else sees it and they're going to see that one typo and you're like, yeah, it was, it was funny. Cause so (laughs) I thought it was done before, like, so this, before this last, last draft, so little context. So I entered mm-hmm. into a contest, a, mm-hmm. a screenwriting contest. It was like for a feature or pilot, a script <clears throat> and entered it. It was like two drafts ago. And I was like, okay, this is good. I think I got it. And I, I realized at the time when I was submitting it, that I'm like, like, you know, there's like a little, like, Nagging you know, a little voice a little in the back of my head. I'm like, it's not ready. I'm like, well, I gotta, I gotta start getting, you know, seeing where I'm at, blah, blah, blah. So what happened was the deadline was like a week. This was, I don't know, around the time last year or something like that. Okay. So the deadline was coming up and I was like, I need, I need to end this. I need an ending. You know what I mean? For the, for this episode. And I like came up with something and I was like, and just did it real quick. And I was like, okay, good. It wasn't because I, you know I, mean? I like pushed it out <laughs> and I knew that, but I was kind of rushing to get it. Mm-hmm. And so as I submitted it, I went back and I was like, okay, I'm going to edit it and change it. Even though that version is submitted already. You know, and they, you know, they did a read of it and the initial reading, they were like, oh, this is great. It was marketable, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, oh, like that kind of external validation was nice to get from someone in the field. You know what I mean? Of course. Cause you're, cause you're just kind of grasping at straws, absorbing third hand feedback from other writers and things like that. And just saying, okay, this is how they look at it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try and do it my, their way, my way. Right. (laughs) And it's, and like, I don't know any other screenwriters, you know what I mean? Yeah. And 
I mean, it's not a very luxurious, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like how many people sit and read screens? Like, no, I'll go see the movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, most people think about reading, watching the movie, not yeah. reading the movie. Right. So it's like, <laughs> you know, I can be like, here, read this and tell me what you think. And I can be like, great. Right. You know what I mean? But I mean, that's then, 90% of feedback you get right. from most people. Right. Which is fine. No, you know, that makes sense and it's understandable. Mm-hmm. But getting the feedback from someone who does that, I was like, okay, I'm on the right track. I'm not just mm-hmm. like in over my head. And to the point where, so that the, it's called Coverfly and it's kind of like a third party. So like, say I want to host a contest mm-hmm. and you're a Coverfly, I'll say, here's a contest, get people to submit to this. Okay. And then you're like, here, writers, submit your screenplays. Okay. They're the big net, basically, or the bucket yeah. Yeah. to put everything into. So you don't have to build up a, a platform. Right. Right. So they have like a database of all the scripts and producers can go in and read the scripts and stuff like that. And they rank them. And mine was top 10. That one I put oh, in, wow. I made it to the top 10. And I was like, oh, shit, this is awesome. Fast forward, I didn't uh, make it to the next round mm-hmm. of the of the contest. Yeah. The person who won actually is getting their script, their film produced by Bruce Willis. And he's Damn. starring in it. Megan Fox is starring <laughs> in it. And someone else. Really. Someone in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Not okay. Brad Pitt or Leo. What are the side? Yeah. I think the person who played Charles Manson. And it's like an eighteen million dollar budget or something, and I'm like, oh, it could have been me. <laughs> it it kind of sucks. Don't do that to yourself, right, right? But it's cool. Like I'm happy for the person who won. I'm like, that's awesome. You know right. what I mean? Like that's so dope. But anyway, so like I went back and I revamped. I'm like, okay, what do I have to do differently? And then that's when I was like, like I was gonna go fix the ending that I kind of fudged up, and then mm-hmm. like some other parts, and then it turned me into me just rewriting the entire thing from the beginning to end. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm just going to rewrite this whole script scene by scene. So I literally went to the beginning, wrote that scene, deleted the one underneath it. Next scene, deleted it and went all the way through to the point where I'm like, it's done. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That took me a couple months. Yeah. But, to feel like you, you've, I've done what I could. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was nice. So that's done. I kind of put that aside for now. I mean, currently I'm working on a short and I'm kind of doing that differently in the sense where I have the story, you know what I mean? I know mm-hmm. what I want to happen. I know the themes and thing like and things like that. But I I, w- I want to use this as practice yeah. because this isn't something that I'm planning to send to producers or anything like that. This like, is this for is, you just to hone the craft. Right. Yeah. Like a passion project, I guess yeah. you can call it. So I'm kind of trying to free write it, if that makes sense. Okay. So like I wrote the whole first Is this fiction draft. still? F- yeah, still fiction. Okay. I'm just um, kind of... Trying to just yeah yeah get, get the idea get the gist yeah, yeah. most of everything I'll, I'll write will be is gonna be fiction yeah I do want to write biopics at some point biopics biopics whatever like, <laughs> like is that like a like biographies yeah biography documentary yeah. style yeah like there's you know I'm trying to think of someone that would be a dope like I don't know if someone wrote a story about like Kobe Bryant just yeah you know re- for relevancy or something like that um not necessarily that I would want to right um specifically but something like that yeah like I think that'd be really cool but I, that would be something I would do actually I'm lying I'm doing that I have <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I'm literally already doing that <laughs> so it's so Rachel who's been on the podcast yep. I'm writing a story about kind of her, her life, life experiences yeah. uh, when she was in high school and stuff that's what I'm actually doing next. But anyway, so yeah, it's a fiction. You got so short. much stuff going on, man. I know. I literally had to stop. I still, I so I have a notebook <laughs> that I write, or yeah, it's a notebook um, that I write all the ideas I have. Mm-hmm. And then last month or so, I went and ranked them from what's like most important. So like the okay. lions, I was like, I have to finish lions. Then I was like, I want to get a short in there to practice it. Hopefully, I can shoot it by the fall. 
hopefully that's a little ambitious, but we'll see. And then Rachel's story. And then there's this other pilot I have. I had told you it's like a futuristic type shit. Yeah. And then there's a film, a feature that I'm going to write too. So I have like, what was that? Five. Four or five. Yeah. Five things yeah. to work on, which is nice because there's I never have nothing to work on. You know yeah. what I mean? As far as writing goes. And then there's like studying and shit I have to do in between. Yeah. Which will never go away. But <laughs> but it's cool. But yeah. So the, the, the I did the first draft of the short and that went really well. But now I'm like going back and fixing it and stuff like that. But I was mm-hmm. trying to just kind of get it out quickly and see what I can come up with without being super anal about like, well, this has to tie to this. You know what I mean? Just to see mm. where my skill set was. Like how how could you organically craft a story without having to like mm-hmm. stop and be like, uh, right, right. Just to see where it was. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'll always revert to the former. I'll always do it that way. Right. Like being really anal about everything. Cause that's just how I am. I hate when, like, I don't know if you do this too, but I hate when I'm watching something and I just, I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That where you just work. poke a hole through it and you're like, yeah. or like when stuff just happens to happen. Yeah. And it's like, Cool. I mean, you probably, because of the way you're embedded in it, it changes the entire movie watching experience for you or even Mm -hmm. TV show. Yeah. Like you, like you can't just watch it to just watch it anymore because you've, you have this extra lens that you overlay on top of it now. And it's like, everything is your, like the way you enjoy it is by dissecting it. Yeah. I guess is the right way to put it. Literally. literally. (laughs) Um, I mean, to the point where, you know, I don't like watching certain things. If I know that it's not going to like aid in any type of like me getting something new, you know what I mean? Or just being like, Oh, that's cool. How they did that. Or that's cool. How they told that version of the same story or whatever. Yeah. I don't want to watch it. It's a waste of time. Yeah. Like when I'm watching a TV show or movie, like I'm kind of studying, you yeah. know what I mean? And I'll, if I really enjoyed it, I'll read the screenplay. And you're really studying. Yeah. And then I'll go back and watch it again <laughs> as I'm reading the screenplay. Wow. And what I want to do at some point, I have to fit that in is get a script and then rewrite the script oh, from watching the movie. That's a cool idea. Yeah, and to try to see how close I am mm-hmm. from the movie and then compare it to the script. I've heard something similar for writers. So if you want to be like a certain type of writer, mm-hmm. you take like the greats or someone you just like really admire as yeah. a writer and you rewrite their book, mm. you know? And so you kind of get into their voice right. by writing. That's really the, cool. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, oh, I'm like, ooh. I'm like, that's a really cool idea. Yeah. <laughs> that's weird. That's that's weird. I know they say to do that with music too, like for rappers. They're like right in there, like yeah, pros like right or how their, they yeah do or, the the rhyme scheme. I guess mm-hmm. would be the technical I forgot, word. I think Eminem. Don't quote me. I think Eminem said he used to, or maybe it's J Cole. One of them. One of like mm-hmm. a very prolific uh, rapper said they used to take their favorite rappers' rap, raps mm-hmm. and like rewrite them just to like see what it looks the like structure on paper. Of it, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, it's weird that that kind of transcends. The, I mean, again, so actually in music again, Vici. How he got started was that the DJ? Yeah, the DJ. Okay. He would in his like dorm room or wherever he was early on when he was like in his early early teens or whatever when he got the music software, he would recreate music on the computer. And then once he ran out of music to recreate that he didn't like, like that he really wanted to recreate, he mm-hmm. started making his own thing. And then that's how he got big. Oh, that's cool. So like once he he like he scratched his own itch by recreating other people's songs, mm. and then after that he's like, "Well, what the fuck do I do now?" And then it's like, "Well, I guess I can make my own stuff." Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a weird idea, but it's like, oh, that is kind of genius. Yeah. Like you just can mimic other people until you're comfortable to make your own thing. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's kind of what art is, right? It's 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 it sounds so stupid, simple that it like 
it's like, oh, duh. You know, it's like yeah. forehead to you know, yeah. <laughs> face palm moment. Right. There's, but, there's a quote like that. I've, I'm going to butcher it, but it's something. It was on Aaron Sorkin's masterclass. He said mm-hmm. it, and he was like, good writers mimic and great writers steal or mm-hmm. something like that. I've and heard this like, something. Yeah, something. That. I'm butchering it, but it's something like that. And I'm like, you know, you're kind of right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you yeah. see a lot of the same stuff over and over again and i think steve jobs said something similar it's like some people borrow other Mm -hmm. people steal outright yeah you know it's it's stealing the good ideas and wrapping them into your own thing and just whatever yeah it is what it is (laughs) yeah i think you have to to a point i mean you don't want to just obviously you don't completely plagiarize something oh wow i really like that movie i'm gonna go do the same thing (laughs) i mean like you can't do that but like to you know you take what you enjoy you know, whatever genres or, I mean, whatever field you're in, yeah. just input. But, you know, you take what you enjoy from everything across the spectrum and you put it in and you put your voice on top of it. And it's like this weird, like, like Chipotle bowl. I love, <laughs> you know I mean? I love it. You still hungry? Yes, actually, I was going to get something more food, but disregard. Yeah, we'll, we'll come back to that. <laughs> um but yeah, you just kind of like putting it into like a melting pot, I guess. And you yeah. just kind of mix it and then make it your own. It's kind of the way I look at it. It's like you you take what you enjoy about what other people in either your respective field or people outside of your thing and you say, ooh, that's a cool idea. And then you take the theme and then twist it yeah. and say, okay, cool. You know? Right. Because I've heard some people say like, you know, say like just to throw a big name out there, Joe Rogan does a podcast with somebody. Some people are like, oh, well, I guess I don't need to interview that person because Joe Rogan already did that. Mm-hmm. And my counter argument would be to that is like, no, like there's way more depth to a person than just one conversation. You know, you can still have that conversation be whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And then you could still bring your own unique twist and viewpoint to that person to kind of see what else you can pull out of them. Right. You know, I think it's, I'm surprised people would say that. I feel like I know me too. That would make me want to just to see where your conversation differs and what, Mm -hmm. like what differences you bring out of them. Cause like, yeah. I assume Joe Rogan, I mean, I'm sure he's a great, I don't know much about the guy yeah. other than he's done a lot from like fear factor to now. Yeah. <clears throat> but like, I'm sure at some point he doesn't really click with certain people he brings on. Yeah. I Maybe like, I would assume that's a thing. You know what I mean? They just might in be like awkward and then it's like, all right, well let's just do the podcast. They do. And then he's like, all right, thanks for coming. And then it's like, no, yeah, there's, just, really. there's a time slot and there's just yeah some words are spoken, but there's mm-hmm. not really any like rapport. Right. It's just right. Me. And that's the assumption. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just assuming. I mean, there. it's like anything else. You yeah. know, some conversations are easy. Some conversations are difficult. Yeah. You know, it so, depends on how much. So like you resonate. I feel like if, you know, running a podcast, you can be like, well, I can get something. What if you click with someone he didn't and then the conversation is completely different and yeah. more you know, it goes beyond surface level. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, you know me, Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 there's no stone unturned. Like mm-hmm. I, just because you had a conversation over here mm-hmm. doesn't like, I try really hard to, I mean, again, kind of going to craft is I try to look at it and be like, okay, maybe you've had this conversation before and we can have like talking points about that thing. But mm-hmm. I like to really hard to try and let each conversation stand on its own accord. Right. Not necessarily having to, pull from other sources in any way. Right. Like I, it shouldn't be like, Oh yeah, I, I heard this person on this conversation. And so we're going to pick it up right where that left off, right. unless there's something to do there. Yeah, yeah. But like for the most part, you should let whatever that organic conversation be what it would be mm-hmm. without having to use prior substance to make it worth it. Right. That's, I guess that's no, yeah, my philosophical. <laughs> no, it definitely makes sense. I feel like that's what you should do. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah. So I, I totally get that. I guess one of the things I would ask you here is like, so you're doing all of this work to understand and, and hone the craft of screenwriting. Yeah. And I'm using craft really specifically because of the way you're looking at it. Yeah. You know, it's like you're being an elite athlete type, but yeah. doing it in writing mm-hmm. in a specific, very specific form of writing. Yeah. What would you say to someone who's like, what the fuck, dude, why are you wasting? And I'm going to put mm-hmm. wasting quotes. in quotes <laughs> around that because for the, average person they're gonna say you're just doing this and spinning your wheels Mm -hmm. what are you getting out of it it's fulfilling like so going back to when i finished Mm -hmm. i that's a drug (laughs) to be completely (laughs) blunt like it i haven't felt that like good for like full you know what i mean mm-hmm. like i haven't felt i mean you that. felt so good about it you had to text me that yeah. you were done yeah it was like <laughs> this crazy level of accomplished uh accomplishment and i was like wow that's awesome and like you know and then afterwards like looking back from where you started mm-hmm. and being like like i mean it wasn't that long ago when i was like i don't even know really what screenwriting is and then mm-hmm. getting to the point where i'm like i'm actually really one happy about it and two if I visioned it and like I watched that, mm-hmm. like if it was created and I had nothing to do with it and I watched it, I'd be like, I'd really enjoy that. And then knowing how picky I am <laughs> and maybe I'm a little biased, <laughs> but well, yeah, yeah. But you know, it felt so good. So that feeling alone, I will never stop. Well, like, I, one, I love it Two, I feel like you have to be that like certain level of neurotic mm-hmm. for whatever the thing is that you're doing. Right. Yeah. Like, I, I spend a lot of time thinking about like elite performers across the board. And, and when you think about those kind of people, right, they're so single-mindedly focused, you know, they're kind of not the kind of person you'd want to have around the dinner table or like <laughs> yeah. maybe go grab a beer with. Cause all they want to talk about is that thing. That one, yeah. Right. Yeah. And, but you also need that to some degree to be good at just about anything. Mm-hmm. Like it's like anything you do gets, gets shaped and molded to be able to, f- make itself useful for whatever is the thing that you're doing. Right. You know, cause I do the same thing. Maybe mm-hmm. you don't like hear me talk about it, but oh, no, like, I <laughs> <laughs> like I do the same thing about podcasting, everything I'm doing, every little nugget I'm hearing, it gets, mm-hmm. you know, shaped and molded to be put through this lens of right. feeding curiosity in whatever format yeah. I choose. And so it's the same for writing for you. Yeah. And it's... go ahead. Well, I was going to say it's, it's funny. Cause I was actually talking about this uh, the other day where I was like, I, can be so annoying <laughs> like, because I literally could talk about screenwriting and films, not specifically because, okay. Screenwriting is films. Yes. So I can talk about films, the world of films all day. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to go deeper screenwriting, but not like I haven't to this day, maybe one person have I met who's been like, I love screenplays. <laughs> like, it just, it's not a thing. Like, it's not that interesting. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like I went to this dope concert or I went to this art show. It's like, mm-hmm. no, dude, I sat at home for six hours and just looked at my computer screen. It was sick. <laughs> like, no, like, no, no one, no one wants to talk about that for more than like 10 minutes. <laughs> so I, I try to filter it and be like, well, yeah, I'm doing this. It's really cool. And then I stop. <laughs> yeah. You know and I mean? you, you leave it there. You're just like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, you know, t- you can talk about films. That's a little more interesting. Like, you know, with the Oscar season just passing, that was like a really cool time for me. Cause I'm like, I can talk about this stuff and it's really relevant. So yeah. it's not forced at all. And no one's going to be like, oh my God, here mm-hmm. you go. Yeah, so it's because it's on the forefront of everyone's mind. But yeah, it's it's if you're obsessed and passionate about something, like truly, it's. I feel like it's always on your mind, even if it's like you know mm-hmm. in the background. 
But like for example, like whenever I'm out doing something, this whatever mm-hmm. dialogue heavy, like that's kind of how I center my scripts. Like okay. I love the dialogue. Like when I'm writing the dialogue, dialogue is, is your when, favorite focus. Yeah, like the prose is cool. I, the reason I, a little more background. The reason I don't write books is because I'm not as good as a prose writer. Mm-hmm versus dialogue yeah like the scene description and things Mm -hmm. like that yeah so it's nice for screenplays because you can say (laughs) interior bedroom dark musty and then get to talking you know what i mean like whatever i mean that's for an example but um, you're like i'll leave the set designers to figure that out (laughs) because you don't want to be too specific and then like you can't so like you know in, in books like especially fiction novels how they describe things or they'll say like an old sad building Mm -hmm. what does that look like yeah you know what I mean? No. I mean, or they describe a character. Yeah. Like, yeah. Good and luck. It, and it's like, I mean, it does when you're reading it, it helps. Mm-hmm. But when, you know, the director comes in and they're like, okay, so they're building the set or whatever. Mm-hmm. That doesn't necessarily translate. Yeah. Um, it I, I do that a little bit because I like, it adds to the poetry of it. Mm-hmm. And gives it a little more than like, you can't be boring, you know, because yeah. at some point people do have to read it. And like you do table reads and the actors are reading it. If it's just boring, just like room. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? It's kind of like, oh God, let's get you. Like, can we get over this? <laughs> so there's like a middle ground, but like those long, you know, prose heavy description mm-hmm. where they're describing the smell of the flower and stuff like that. Yep. I'm not the best at that. Like someone like Joe might be probably better at that. You know what I, I mean? I would say so. Or Mike um, even probably. Is Mike right? A little bit, not much. Like, I mean, like if you can convince him to kind of get in the mode, mm-hmm. like he's he would, probably more of a better like if you give him the idea, like here's like the first draft, mm-hmm. he'll be able to massage it into something with more flavor and really that's color. Cool. Yeah, he's done that for some of the stuff that I've written before, where it's like mm-hmm. w- once he has like the the outline of it, he's like then he like his creative juices go, and then he that's he's cool. able to kind of add more f- like flavor and zest yeah. to it. It's really interesting. It's like wow, where like where is that coming from? Yeah, you know, freaking guy just good do more often than not. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you should you should write more. That's interesting. I didn't, yeah. I didn't know that. Um, that's really cool. Yeah, it's interesting. It's yeah. one of those unique talents that I don't know how you really exercise that thing. Right. Like, I don't know how you get good at just adding color to something. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it helps if you read a lot. For yes. sure. I mean, I've don't, I have noticed that yeah. in myself mm-hmm. where I can just pull words out and just be like, well, I don't know where I knew that. Yeah, but like, what the hell is that? Yeah. You don't even know what the word means. Yeah, it's, it's just like, like or whatever. It's <laughs> like, like, what is that? <laughs> or you just say it too. It's like. I'm like, why am I saying big words? Yeah. Or I'll like drop in a technical speak when I'm working in the lab and stuff. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my God. I'm like, oh, I know these things. <laughs> I, I just dropped a whole bunch of scientific sounding words. Dear Lord. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, you were explaining your trip when we were at Honey Butter. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I was like, I don't I, even know. I, I registered after like you guys had left. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I got a lot of blank looks after that. And yeah. I'm like, I yeah. probably should have clarified a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, everyone was just like. Yeah. <laughs> That's so awesome. I wish I knew what you were talking about, but I don't, but cool. I, I spend a whole week just around it. So mm-hmm. it's like, I got to just get it out, but yeah. I also don't know how to like bring it down yeah, a couple yeah. levels because I'm so immersed. <laughs> right. And it's, it's actually interesting when like, so when you're in, uh, we, at the gym earlier, we talked, I mentioned like what an expert is, mm-hmm. quote unquote expert, but it, like what an expert is when you know how much you don't know about something. Yeah. But then in that same vein, like when you're speaking to people, you for like you might forget that they don't necessarily know the thing. So mm-hmm. you're like this is like, oh, this is my common speak when I'm at work. Yeah. And you were gone for a week around work and then you come back and you're like, Oh, well, you guys should know this. So <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. cool, it's cool. Like same thing talking about films. 
which I will say, actually, a lot of people know more than they might think they do, but mm. than I expected about films. Like, audiences are smart, man. Like, they know mm-hmm. what works and what doesn't work, even if they don't know, like, the technical term or why yeah. it doesn't work. People aren't stupid. Like, you can't, yeah. you can't expect that to show them something and be like, you got it. Yeah. Or, or like hand feed it to them. Like they want to work. I yeah. think. And work is the wrong word, but it's the first word that came up. But no, I, no, I think that's right. I mean, you want to, you want something that makes you think a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you don't want everything just laid out. What's it called? On the nose. You know what I mean? Mm. Just like, here it is. Like, it's yeah, like, just, oh, come on. Like, you know, throwing put, darts a, at a dartboard. Yeah, put something in the subtext or something like that, which, which is why I have a beef. I don't even know what studio this is for. I guess. I've been Lucas Films. I'm gonna shit on you, not you, but like <laughs> <laughs> on Star Wars. On Star Wars, yeah. I know you love it, and I love it for a lot of reasons too. But the first three, God, <laughs> like just <laughs> Jesus. It's just it was like it was. There were movies for the sake of making a movie to get to the point of like we want to show you Darth Vader's past. Yeah, cool because he was dope. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when he first came on screen <clears throat> in the originals. It was awesome. You know what I mean? It was, mm-hmm. like, really cool. Even those had, like, you know, little issues. Like, Return of the Jedi, to me, was the worst out of those three. Probably. Um, like, the Ewoks. Uh, Teddy bears, bro. They're cute, bro. But, like, <laughs> other than that, what the hell? <laughs> like, Let's make a Build-A-Bear. Let's go. Yeah. But, whatever. <laughs> Not here to shit on that. Point is, yes. like, people knew that. Like, mm-hmm. when the first, when the the second trilogy being the the pro the prequels prequels so confusing i know <laughs> is it the first the second yeah, and the, what? yeah. okay episode one through three there when those go. came out people knew that there was something wrong with them mm-hmm. you know what i mean even though there was this huge it was a i mean multi-million dollar if not billion dollar and i don't know how much money they bring in but a multi-million lot. dollar industry at the least yeah it's not it, what okay what i can say because i read robert Iger, who was the ceo of disney mm-hmm. for 15 years he just retired Star Wars as as a brand was oh, not as big as Pixar, but could be right at the time that Disney bought Star Wars. Oh, really? Yeah. So it was a big brand, but not mm-hmm. as big as Pixar at the time. Right. So not something to, you know, no small potato, yeah. but no Pixar. Yeah. So what it, take that for whatever it is. I don't know any numbers or anything like that, but <laughs> right. or off the top of my head. With, huge. Yeah. Still, <laughs> huge. still big <laughs> in any way. But since the end of the ninth, you know, movie. Mm-hmm. I've become a lot more critical of Star Wars as a whole. So you know how much I do enjoy the stories. Mm-hmm. Honestly, a lot of my l- enjoyment and love for Star Wars has a lot less to do with the movies than it does with mm. the overall, like, the world building that Star Wars created. I got you. I-, I enjoy Star Wars for the comic books. I enjoy Star Wars for the side novels that are mm. now no longer considered part of uh, the canon, the canon stories. And just kind of the like philosophical questions, yeah. you know, the, the, what is the force? Like, how do people use the force? You mm-hmm. know, that struggle between good and evil and then, you know, the gray side and things yeah. like that. Cause we were, we were talking about some of the stuff with star Wars being like the archetypal story and stuff like that. And it really is like, it's what I, what I find more interesting about it is that it combined a lot of stuff from like Japanese culture and the Eastern mythology, broadly speaking, and then added in, you know, the hero's journey of like Western mythology mm-hmm. into a modern format for audiences to get, you know, transported to a galaxy far, far, far away. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I find more interesting about it. You know, t- dissecting the films and saying if it was good or bad or otherwise, eh, 
Like, yeah. sure, go for it. Like, right. you know, but I still love Darth Maul and the fight scenes. It's badass. You know, right? Like those things, like those moments, like that you hear that song when Darth Maul shows up and mm. he's fighting Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. Yeah. And I still remember we were down here in this basement. We were like in high school and we'd turn on that music with lightsabers. <laughs> <laughs> and someone would get their fingers hit and then it yeah. really went down. Right. Like, All right. <laughs> so we're playing like that, huh? <laughs> it's a, dude, I mean, they... I'll give them credit. They, I mean, it's immensely impressive. What I mean, for as long as it's been around. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's just dope. Like, it's just badass. Like when you, who didn't want to be a Jedi at one point. Right. You know what I mean? Like I did. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like I can't imagine, like, honestly, it's been the strangest thing ever where it was like this nerdy thing. And all of a sudden it just went, nah, it's just everybody thing now. Yeah. That's (laughs) dude. I, every, it's like cool to be a nerd. And I remember when I used to like, I mean, I'm not saying I was the only one, but when I used to like anime. Right. And everyone's like, oh, it's so nerdy. And now everyone likes anime. I'm like, right. Cool, I mean, whatever. I don't, I don't know when it fucking changed, but I don't know either. like, I remember just being like, yeah, I'm over here. I read books all the time. Yeah. I like science. And all of a sudden it's like, yeah, bro. Like mm-hmm. now, now it's like, you like Star Wars? I like Star Wars too. And then they like have muscle shirts now with Star Wars memes on them. Basically yeah. it's like Swall Wars and mm-hmm. stuff. I'm like, what? Yeah. I'm like, what happened? I'm like, <laughs> It's cool. Like now, it's cool to nerd out about stuff. Yeah, and I like that. Everyone has a niche now. Like yeah. you can find a home wherever you want. Mm-hmm. It, you know, we we talk about how some of this stuff is like not inclusive a lot of times, but it feels like some of these things have. It makes more inclusiveness to some degree because you can yeah. find someone, you know, even if they're halfway across the world who thinks like you. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know, likes the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. you're saying, not a lot of people like screenplay. You mm-hmm. just haven't found that group yet. Yeah. That. Is either somewhere in Chicago or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, yeah. you find a close Facebook group and it's yeah. like, you which know. I'm, I'm in. And so, oh, of course, yeah, so <laughs> I had I, a feeling you would be. Yeah. So like I say that with the understanding that there is, you know, I'm just not in the right place, yeah. which is part of the reason why I'm like, I need to be in the city ah, okay. just because there's, you know, people with those kind of aspirations are typically, you know, they live in urban areas, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And not that people don't live in suburban areas, but it's you know usually people come to the suburbs and they're like you know just living yeah um you gotta go where your people are yeah and where the work is you know what i mean that's like in the city that's where all the work is right so that's where the people and it's like it's like the same thing too like if you want to be into technology you gotta go to silicon valley or wherever the tech areas are or if you want to be a writer you go you go to holly like right or if you want to be a reporter you Mm -hmm. go to where the big studios are like yeah. nbc or whatever like pick your studio you really like or whatever yeah you kind of just have to immerse yourself in those groups and those cultures and how those people see the world to yeah. some degree because it's almost the same way it's like you can only go so far on your own but you also need someone you need other people around you guiding you and, and molding your thing that you trust yeah that aren't just gonna you know blow smoke up your butt right <laughs> i think i think that's really really important i can't stress it enough because there, there's times that i feel like a vegan in a steakhouse where <laughs> that's a really good sentence <laughs> you know like but like you just feel not that you're out of place mm-hmm. but you just feel like everyone's looking at you like why what's, right, like what's on your plate right now you know what yeah. i mean and it's cool there's nothing wrong with that but it definitely helps to have i don't know if like-minded is the right phrase but people who are doing the same thing to kind of keep yeah. you on track, even if it's not direct. Yeah. You're like you can just talk and they're like, yeah, I'm working on this. And that makes you, that drives you to do something similar. Yeah. Where in, you know, we're lucky in the sense that we have a lot of people that we're really close with 
who may not be doing the same thing, yeah, but who I are doing just about to yeah, say but who are doing similar things, so that still can keep you on yeah. the right track. I mean, we have honestly a solid six to eight, probably more people that we could reach out to at any point and be like, "Yo, I need a little bit extra to keep me going right mm-hmm. now." You know, yeah, like, "Hey, I just need you to look this thing over," or "Hey, it's kind of freaking hard right now. I don't know if I want to keep doing this." Yeah, and you know, each app, we, you know. Shout out to Nate, shout out to Britt, you know, yeah. all those people doing their own thing is like a little fuel in the fire saying like, Hey, if they can keep going, why can't I? Yeah. You know? yeah it's so cool. It's it's, the, it's a weird thing, man, because like, I don't know, maybe when we were like first in high school and stuff, it felt like there's like that, like zero sum game where it's like if other people were doing their own thing, you'd be like, Oh, I, like, why are they out there? They're not going to make it, mm-hmm. you know, that starving artist mentality of like, everyone's trying to climb above each other Mm -hmm. you know there's not enough to go around and it's like table scraps or whatever (laughs) but i don't know it really feels different like you can highlight someone else and be like yo look at this person doing their dope thing Mm -hmm. you know they're gonna be big one day just keep you know keep an eye out you know and then all of a sudden it's like you you can push prop each other up more i I don't know it's it seems new it seems like a new thing with the internet to be able to allow individuals to get like you don't need you know I don't know who saw people before, maybe news companies or mm-hmm. whatever to get recognition. Like, why can't we just all recognize someone's doing something worth yeah. following? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a weird mindset. And I wonder if like, like a psychologist or like Joe mm-hmm. maybe would be able to comment on like why that is. Yeah. Um, but it is like, I've always thought that people who you don't, I don't know, how do you word it? So like you have, well, you have like, your, 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 your group, you know what I mean? Like your core friends or like whatever. And like support runs through that or it should, you know, we're lucky enough that it does. Some people, maybe not, but usually that's like your support group. But then like, you have people who know you well, yeah, maybe not as much as that, but like, well, like you went to the same school as them since you were X years old. Right. Yeah. Um, if you didn't move around and stuff like that, I feel like those people, not all the time, but sometimes are the ones who kind of, they might be like, Oh, that's so cool that you're doing that. But then they don't necessarily want to see mm-hmm. you go as far as it could go. Yeah. You know, and that might be a little cynical, but in that regard, I've always thought that if you went somewhere new, so say like you moved across the country mm-hmm. to New York or wherever, California, like the people you meet there might, you know, that you make relationships with that you haven't known for so long actually want more for you than the people who you've grew up with Mm -hmm. if that makes sense yeah i can see that because they don't have baggage as to like who they thought you were right yeah you know Mm -hmm. and and when you change in some way or any way they're like oh who's who does he think he is Mm -hmm. now right like there's a lot of remember you yeah (laughs) second grade (laughs) yeah (laughs) there's a lot of people that are like that where Mm -hmm. they they get like Wow. who do you think you are? You know, stay in your lane. I love when people say that to me because fuck that on so many levels. People tell you. I'm not me specifically, oh. but just like, you <laughs> know, when they tell other people to stay in their lane, mm-hmm. it's like, what lane are we supposed to be in? Like, I don't, <laughs> like I have a right to be wherever the hell I am just as much as you do. Yeah. You know, it's like, I don't know, changing jobs lately. It's kind of like the idea of how do you know you can do something you've never done before? Unless you do it. Uh, Ta-da! Like <laughs> yeah. it, it, it sounds again really mm-hmm. stupid, but it's like you have to just jump into something to figure out if you can do it. Yeah, and you 
congratulations, you're going to suck for about the first month or more, mm -hmm. probably six, realistically. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to probably suck for six months until you kind of grow your sea legs and you're like, okay, I got this. Right. And then yeah. after that, then you can start like tuning the knobs and be like, all right, these are the little efficiencies I got out of this. Or yeah. you develop the patterns, basically. Right. To me, everything kind of comes down to patterns where it's like habits and patterns. Yeah. yeah where you kind of, after you do something for so long enough, you kind of start seeing how the, the system itself or whatever, be it a writing a screenplay or, you know, creating the arc of a conversation, you can start pulling on the threads and guiding it more rather yeah. than just letting it unfold because mm -hmm. you don't know where, where it's going. Right. <laughs> you can kind of control things a little bit better uh, or at least see them coming before they, before they happen. And it's like anything else, right? It's like going to the gym. Like we were just talking earlier today yeah. where it's like, you know, you can be going to the gym. Me and you've been doing it for like five years mm. consistently at this point. Yeah. And then we're still to this day, we make little tweaks just at the gym, mm -hmm. you gave me a pointer on deadlift. Like, hey, try to try to sit down a little bit more and like yeah. keep your chest up. And all of a sudden, oh yeah, that, yeah. that feels different. Right. <laughs> I've been deadlifting for five years. Like, <laughs> you know, never ending. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I mean, it goes back to the script. It's never finished because mm -hmm. you're always learning new things. Um, with that, you have to know when it's like, okay, time to move on. You know yeah. what I mean? There's like no, no more growth will come from this. Because um, then you're just stagnating or like pretending you like the perfect moment to be ready, right? right? Like I'll do it when it's like picturesque Kodak moment. Mm -hmm. Fuck it. Yeah, that <laughs> happens a lot with musicians, man. There's mm -hmm. uh, the biggest example I can think of is uh, you might not heard he's not really that famous. He is and he isn't, but mm -hmm. Jay Electronica is his name. Okay. And this dude, he's came out with like a handful of songs, and it was just like, oh, this dude is amazing. You right. know what I mean? And he was supposed to release an album. And this was like 2011 and oh, it's wow. now 2020 and he's like, Hey, album's coming out. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'm not gonna hold my breath. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, but, you waited too long, bro. Yeah. But you know, that's me, the fan. But then the artist me is like, he probably just wasn't content and he probably mm -hmm. uh, assumption, but he might've just got stuck in his own head, you know yeah. what I mean? Where he's like, it's not good enough. Got to redo this. And then, so what would you say about the paradox of success? Cause sometimes when you, when you say you put out a teaser mm -hmm. and that fucking blows up or whatever, and then now that person has to live up to whatever perception now that the public has mm -hmm. about your quality of thing, right? So it makes you second guess yourself because when you're anonymous or borderline anonymous, it makes it so much easier just to be like, well, I'm gonna put it out there. And then, yeah. you know, I'm gonna get three views, but that's, I don't care because you get more fulfilled. Like, like I asked you before, mm -hmm. it's like you get more fulfillment out of doing the thing than actually getting the external feedback, right? whatever that is. But it's really hard to compartmentalize that once you like reach a certain threshold. Yeah. I think you have to keep, you have to remember why you started mm -hmm. the, excuse me, the mindset you had when you started, you don't want to lose, you don't want to lose what and who you're doing it for. Mm -hmm. Cause yeah, I mean, that's, that's unavoidable. If you reach a certain level of success with anything, people are going to hold you to a standard. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, just look at Brady being a the, really good example of that. The gut, yeah, that, like <laughs> Eminem. I feel like Eminem's a big case. That He is someone who I don't think he'll ever be able to do anything right at this point. Because no. he's... He's so prolific. He'll yeah. be someone that they'll make the docuseries mm -hmm. about when we're old. Yeah, <laughs> I think his celebrity is will be the death of his career, in a sense. Not, not, and that's not me saying his career is ending right. or like not still successful. But in the sense where, I mean, he has all these... You know, people critique so hard and they're like, oh, we want the old Eminem. But they yeah. try to do that. And they're like, well, he's still talking about the same stuff he talked the about when he was 20. Yeah. He's a grown man. And I'm like, and then he tried to do something new and they're like, oh, this is corny. Yeah. I'm like, what do you want from him? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's a really good take on that from Linkin Park. 
Mm. So, you know, a lot of people really loved early Linkin Park with Hybrid Theory mm -hmm. and, and Chester, uh, is that his name? Yeah. Minutes of Midnight and stuff like that. Those mm -hmm. first two, three albums. Meteora was another big one. Mm -hmm. And they put out a commentary. Uh, I think it was right before Chester had unfortunately passed away. And he had said, you know, like, guys, we've been doing this since we were in earlier 20s, you know, and who we were in our 20s. That's what we wrote about. We wrote about the things that were on our mind when that came with a lot of pain and, you mm -hmm. know, angst and whatever it was that, we, you know, that screaming raps hybrid vocals. Right? right. And then as they got older, you know, it's like they become dads, they chill out a little bit. Like it's just a whole different mindset. And so yeah. their style and tone and what they're experimenting with has to change along with it. Right. And they were using it as an exploration, you know, Lincoln park was a vehicle for them to explore the world or explore their journey through life. Not, to you know be beholden to the fans of whatever right. they loved but music itself falls into this trap a lot i think where mm -hmm. they have to they pay lip service to the fans like the yeah. original tracks like a lot of the older rockers like ozzy osbourne and those people they still played just like their old albums mm -hmm. they're not really coming out with new stuff right and i don't know you know maybe they do love that but I don't know if I could ever do something like that where it's just like you put your greatest hits on repeat and then that's all you ever get to play with. Like, yeah. It would get old. I mean, yeah. I feel sorry for the people who had like one song blow up. Okay. Mm -hmm. I say I feel sorry, but the like, one hit wonders. Yeah. But they still, you know, I don't really feel sorry because I made it. Right. But like if you have to play that one hit, Every time you perform, and if you're on a tour and you're performing, you have to end it out of with the that year, one. Or... You have a hundred shows out of the year, <laughs> and you have to perform that song every time. By the fifth time I do it, I'm gonna be like, "Fuck, I don't want to do this anymore." And, and I then still someone have 95 times, to and play then it. you get stuck with that same person, that fan who's like, "I love your song." You're like, "Yeah, me too." <laughs> like, like, fuck. So that's how you become cynical. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't have novelty, you're just gonna be like, "Dude." Like, can we talk about my interesting, like my new thing that I'm working on? Like, mm -hmm. that's more interesting to me. Yeah. You know, that's another thing that I try to do in podcasts. It's like, okay, I know they talk about this thing all the time. So let's go like over here. Yeah. The thing they don't talk about. Like yeah. I always ask, I always ask that to people if I, they've been on previous inter interviews. I'm like, Hey, is there any topics that you don't normally get to talk about that you've been wanting to talk about? Right. That's cool. That's a good question. Cause you know? I'd be like, Oh, that's awesome. I can, yeah. you know, they can stare the conversation a little bit. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because it's like it allows them to explore their whatever they're working on and be like, all right, let's let's talk about that thing. Because yeah. there is this because everyone has always got more bubbling than what it is that they get recognized for, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, it's almost like you're bringing value to the person, not the craft or skill or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, well, that's cool that you do that. But like, what I know there's more here. It? You know, yeah, <laughs> like, you know, tell me about yourself almost. Yeah, yeah. It, is, it is very similar to that. Mm -hmm. So it's I don't know. It's it's an interesting, you know. There's always there's all this inter interconnection between fame and success and mm -hmm. I don't know continuing to be a beginner, being able to not look at what was successful and be like, all right, there's the formula. That's mm -hmm. what success is, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> I feel like in this age, like that's what everyone tries to do is like, all right, you just do these ten things, then you'll be successful. Yeah. And that's a bunch of horseshit. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's good to have some sort of foundation. So yes. I get it, but. To a certain extent, rules are made to be broken. You want to see mm -hmm. innovation. You want to see someone do something that you're like, wow, that was cool. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, I think that is what creativity is. Okay. Where even if you're doing something that is essentially creative okay. to keep it at home, yeah. <laughs> let's say, you know what I mean? <laughs> let's say, you know, someone's an aspiring screenwriter and there's certain things you're supposed to do and points you're supposed to hit. You have the yeah. story structure and all that. And that's cool. And you have to know it. You have to know what that is. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? But at the same time, me as a fan watching something, I want to see, 
your take on that. Mm-hmm. And that's when it becomes creative. Cause you can, anyone can just regurgitate the same story. You could be the textbook version yeah. of anything. Right. It and doesn't like, take skill to be a textbook. Yeah. And like, that's cool. Not to, you know, just <laughs> textbook writers. <laughs> it's definitely a skill. It's hard. It's a lot of pages. <laughs> but perfect example, actually, cause it's, I don't consider that a creativity. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like data, like absorbing of information and cataloging. Yeah. You yeah. know, which is, it's a skill in itself. It's not, that's its that's own version of skill, it. but it's yeah. not a creative skill. It's right. like you're, you're taking what's available and just kind of parsing it together in a right. unique package. Right. And so, you know, that is what it is. It's not bad or good or bad. It just is what it is. But mm-hmm. to be truly creative at something, I feel like it's taking what is known and one, putting your spin and your voice into it, but then making it different to then that's the new standard where yeah. people can look at it and be like, oh, I want to do something like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like something like 1917. Have you seen it? I have not seen oh, that. God, I gotta I see, see it. it. Oh, <laughs> when we, when I went to see Just Mercy, it was a toss up between those two. Oh, was it? Yeah. I haven't seen Just Mercy. I didn't need to see that. Um, it's really good. Yeah. Both both movies. Like I knew like both of them were really good, and I was mm. kind of like, right. Like I I couldn't like honest. I knew that you said it was really good, but Just Mercy was just I don't know. It called my name for whatever reason, which makes sense. Um, I can give a little. So okay, so when I go to the movies, um, just giving you how I think. Cause I watch a lot of stuff at home too. When I go to the theater to watch something, I'd try to watch something that would the, the theater itself would impact the movie and like okay. raise it another level. So I knew something like 1917 with the sound and yes. you know, stuff like that would give it another level yeah. versus, you know, uh, let me think maybe something like knives out or just mercy. I don't know if you heard of knives. Out. Yeah. I've heard of it. Yeah. It's kind of um, like a clue. Yeah, movie. like a whodunit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but something like that, and I'm like, I can watch that at home, and it Won't wouldn't necessarily. Right. Yeah. Like, I do I do think theaters, I, I'm scared because I think it's a dying industry, and I really, really don't want to ever see that realized because mm-hmm. I, I love going to the movies. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, it's something to do still, but if you're going to be really honest, Netflix is, is crowding into that market, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like Netflix is gets people to go home and all they got to do is hit a button on their smart TV. Now it says Netflix mm-hmm. and you got an entire library yeah. of movies. And dude, even now like YouTube, like you can watch True. movies that are just out of the theater or even like in the theater and buy them on YouTube. Yeah. And it's for the, you can, so <clears throat> I did that with Jojo rabbit and tickets to the, you know, AMC. It's like $18 a ticket. Yep. I bought Jojo Rabbit for I think fifteen bucks. Sounds about right, yeah. Fourteen ninety nine is usually like yeah. the average for. And like, I'm like, man, they're making it really hard. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah. like, it's, and you got to buy two, right? Because like, yeah, movies is a yeah, is a date night thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I went to a handful of movies on my own, but yeah, for the too. most part, you go with someone, if yeah. not one person. New, then, normally, it's like a thing. Hey, we're gonna go grab some food and mm-hmm. go watch a movie. Yeah, why not? So that industry needs to be revitalized a little bit. So there are some innovative things happening. Oh, um, yeah. So there's new, new theaters being built. <laughs> Here's the ones that will come in. <laughs> <laughs> like who? <laughs> of course I know this, yeah. right? Like, like, yeah, dude, this whole new shit with movies. <laughs> like, weird as hell. I don't know why I know this, but I know it. So uh, it's like beyond IMAX, right? So IMAX has got the bigger screen. It's got mm-hmm. the surround sound. So there's a theater that's got screens on three the three walls. So it's the sides, the front, and then the ceiling. What? So it's like a three, like a, you're inside the film yeah. kind of thing. And then 
So that's just the normal experience. There's a like a tier above that that adds like wind. So like, like 4D or yeah, something like 4D. Yeah. yeah, it's like a 4D theater or something. Hmm. And so it's got like wind, and you like sit in this like seat that's got like a rail that comes down like you're in a freaking yeah. uh, roller coaster. Yeah. But it moves like so when you're in a car chase, it like you feel like you're shifting in your seat. And then there's Jeez. wind. There's smells too. Hmm. And then it's like you you can like feel things going past you and like it's just it's wild. So is that's out now? Like they yeah, some currently? of them there's select theaters. I don't know if there's any around near us, but mm-hmm. that was at C- CES of this year. They kind of had a little booth of it and stuff like that, and so it's starting to get implemented. So mm-hmm. wherever they have IMAX, they'll probably start seeing these Something partnering like up and having maybe one or two small theaters of them. But still, yeah, interesting experience immersion type stuff. You yeah. know. So, I would want to try that out. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't think it'll be applicable to every movie, but I can see it being interesting. Oh, there's also water spray too. So like, see, li- that, I was literally thinking, I'm like, if someone sprayed me with water, I'm gonna be pissed. <laughs> it's like be- a mist. It's oh. not like you're hitting like the log flume. And yeah, I'm just saying, if some dude just like, pss, pss, I'm like, get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> like that's why I was like, dude, I don't know if I'm gonna like that. But can you imagine though? Like you do that, and it's like you know. There's a, a thriller scene where someone mm. gets stabbed and the blood spread. Boom. Yeah. I don't know. I don't I, know. I, I want to try it. <laughs> I can't comment on it because I haven't. Yeah. But I'm skeptical. And I can't imagine that being any cheaper. No. So, it would be more expensive. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. And we're casual. Most most people who watch movies are casual. Yeah. You know, they're not like, you know. I got to go see Iron Man. Yeah. Like, they're like, no, I just want to see the movie. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, so like, you know, tickets are already crazy i mean you can go to some theaters and like i know they have deals and matinee and stuff like mm-hmm. that but i feel like tuesday nights are usually cheap, cheap days or monday yeah nights. it's like five dollars yeah. days at amc something like that which which is great but i job. mean i mean typically when you see a movie it might be like at 8 p.m on a friday or something mm-hmm. like that and you're spending almost 20 bucks and that's if you're not getting any food because then right. you can spend a hundred dollars on some popcorn <laughs> <laughs> damn <laughs> you know is that I mean? coated in gold what is I, dude i mean it's not literally a hundred dollars but i'm just I know, saying but... it's like dude <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. like there's like you're giving me a chicken tender basket and i can get a kuma's burger <laughs> for just the same amount like are you out of your mind have you lost your mind for like but for some popcorn yeah i'm like i that's what the concessions i don't get why they're so expensive i don't i don't get it i don't get it but <clears throat> fix your concessions <laughs> literally man i mean the industry it has it's gonna either take it's, it's gonna change or it, it's, it's gonna an old fall. In, it's an old concession industry yeah it does not mesh with the modern sensibility of snack yeah. anymore like yeah have you got a drink at a bar in a movie theater ever yeah dude like once or twice though because it's f- really expensive yeah i literally look at them and i'm like why <laughs> like why like what like, i'm a bartender i've done this like, yeah <laughs> i'm like what the in the drinks i haven't ever had like an amazing drink you know what i mean you can go to some cocktail lounges where they charge like 13 dollars for a drink and it's it like, cost 13 like it tastes yeah. like 13 dollars. yeah it's like wow this is delicious i'm not gonna get drunk off this necessarily but it's good yeah but you know it's worth the experience yeah getting a freaking goose island ipa <laughs> for nine dollars i'm like <laughs> why like what the why <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm not trying to hate on it too much, and I know I am, but it's it's it comes from love. <laughs> I mean, it's I mean? the other end of the spectrum, right? Like yeah. going to the movie theaters, and then there's all this other extra mm-hmm. stuff wrapped into it that you know doesn't need to be the way it is. Yeah, and the answer probably not. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it would make sense if the tickets were really cheap, and it was like, yeah. well, tickets are cheap, concessions are high. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it's not the case. I I hope it gets fixed. I don't. I would. 
I never want to see that happen because I do think that is how movies are supposed to be seen mm-hmm. um, in a theater immersed. Yeah. I think that's the real the real way. I'm not against, you know, the, net, the streaming at home and stuff. But, I mean, you can – so I'm going to pause it and go, you know what I mean? What mm-hmm. Oh, what happened? Let's rewind it. Like, no, because, like, when you know you can't rewind it, you know you can't pause it, you're you paying a lot more attention. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're fo- Some people don't. But I yeah. know for myself, I'm, like, in it, and I'm, like, all right. Right. Nothing like I. Everyone like talks so much shit to me, but I turn my phone off. <laughs> I'm not surprised at all. This when is amazing. I, yeah, when I go to movie, everyone's like, "Well, you're a nerd. <laughs> like, you're so lame." And I'm like, "I don't care. <laughs> I'm like, I'm respecting it. I'm paying attention." <laughs> like, I, can, I can just imagine you. You you bought your hundred dollar popcorn. And you're just yeah. fistfuls. Yeah, if I'm paying a hundred dollars for popcorn, I'm turning my damn phone off. <laughs> 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 that's for sure <laughs> i mean you know it's it's what you care about so it's like for you it's like you're taking an exam you know yeah, you got a two yeah. and a half hour exam you're gonna you're gonna get your money's worth yeah. out of that yeah <laughs> literally you i know. will pass <laughs> right yeah. i mean i don't know it it makes a lot of sense to me because i wind up doing the same thing with the podcast when i yeah. listen to them you yeah. know when words that come out of my mouth are hey i listened to this podcast today and i can imagine how many heads oh here we go again mm-hmm. i mean i even feel like that sharing my own stuff with you guys sometimes i'm like oh here i go again yeah. broken record like because <laughs> i don't know how it looks like because it's like links all of a sudden it's like boom and here's another thing god damn it right you know <laughs> talk about something else i'm like oh. You're right. Yeah, like, well, this is what I think about all the time. Yeah. It's hard. You know what I mean? It's hard. It's hard. Everything else. It really is. But it's cool. It's cool to like have passions. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I like when people talk about what they're into and what they're doing because you learn about them mm-hmm. and you learn where their headspace is and stuff like that. So <clears throat> I think that's one of the differences about the being cynical about someone's interests and just letting them speak their mind, right? Like you were saying, he's like the nerd and you're like, right, well, I would turn on my TV and everyone goes, you shit about it. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously they're not really annoyed at you, but it's, yeah. th- they're being silly about it. Yeah. Yeah. But I think when you give someone the space to be like, no, I actually talk about that. Mm-hmm. And you wind up having a way deeper connection than you would otherwise, because it's just being authentic or genuine. Right. You know, because when you, you let people express themselves in whatever the way they feel like expressing themselves, then, you know, it's like, it's like, putting out a like a candle like you know yeah <laughs> raining in their parade and it's like oh you guess you don't care about my thing then. yeah so that sucks man it feels bad yeah like i'm sure you've felt it too but when you're talking to someone and especially someone you respect and you're mm-hmm. like oh dude i've been working on this or like you're really excited about something they're like yeah cool and just like they just like change the subject immediately yeah and you're like great <laughs> you know I mean? like yeah it's like yeah. Well, shit you know it sucks yeah it really does like i don't know i guess it's just part of our our group of people that we just kind of surround ourselves with is just this ability to be inclusive and mm-hmm. not never just be like putting each other in into a box of like you should behave this way you should be interested in this thing mm-hmm. it's like no we're gonna just go find the thing that we're interested in and then we're all gonna go come together and talk about it yeah. and like oh wow that's really cool like you know we could go from especially like, just go listen to the fr- the friendsgiving episode we just bounce around to, to all sorts of different yeah. topics and somehow it has some sort of a through line. Right. It's kind of like the secret sauce of our friend group is that mm-hmm. we can kind of pick and choose from things. Cause you know, the way I look at it is when you have a whole bunch of diverse interests, you're able to make a more compelling story. If we're going to yeah. keep it on the screenwriting side of things, mm-hmm. the more interest you have are people who are like 
on the outside that can look and be consulting about it. Like, you know, if you're going to write like a, some sort of techno, you know, science novel or something or screenwriting, you know, the first person you'd probably ask is me about something mm-hmm. science related and be like, yeah. does this seem right? Am I off base here? And then, you know, I give you honest feedback about how the science would work there. And you're like, all right, cool. I think I got a better idea of how to like write right. this now, Yeah, you know, or speak about it. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. You know, and it just adds more le- like na- uh, nuance and textures to the, to the story than that you're trying to tell. Yeah. Rather yeah. than just being like, eh. Yeah. To, to be that in that vein of creativity, you have to have, different like walks of life that mm-hmm. you can access because i mean realistically i don't know everything so it's <laughs> it's good to have where you can be like well i have a friend who's you know really into like an engineer yeah. who can help me. like i want to do something like that i don't know and i haven't studied it or like psychology or whatever it is right it doesn't pay off for you to go and like immerse yourself completely in that thing right. to, to be able to talk about right. it right because realistically the time isn't there to be like, well, I'm going to go become engineer so I can write a story about engineers. Like, okay, cool, dude. Or you could go talk to them and yeah. become like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, there's some stuff that it does help to be immersed in it. Mm-hmm. So balance, you know, having yeah. that balance helps, but no, it's definitely cool. It's like you to be a writer. It's kind of an introverted thing you know what i mean like yeah. well, even when you're writing like blogs and stuff like that it's kind of you're in your own head yeah and you're literally <laughs> literally you know what i mean and you're putting what's in your head to a piece of paper which i was gonna say this earlier but um like that's one of the scariest things to it's me it's weird like having a blank page and being like okay let's make this into something it's it's mm. it, it's scary but it's like a good kind of scary it's like i'm gonna i'm gonna nail this you know what i mean right um like a motivational type thing but it's a what was i saying it's an introverted thing but to be able to really get at like the full picture, mm-hmm. you have to have almost like extroverted activities to bring into that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You have to be like, you have to do stuff. You yeah. have to experience things. Yeah. It it's reminds me of this, like, I don't know. It's mantra. Maybe I would say where it's the idea of being of the world rather than just being a passive experiencer of it yeah if that makes sense yeah. so what what that comes what what that really means for me is like you know like you were saying you have like five projects you could be working on every day right so mm-hmm. right now doing this, co- this conversation is a direct to service to whatever you could be working on because mm-hmm. you always have something you could be doing yeah i'm exactly the same way right like i could be go editing something else right now instead of doing this conversation but instead I go and choose to have these richer experiences about just living life instead of being like, Oh, I got to keep working, you know, keep grinding away mm-hmm. so that when I go out and do those things, it's like recharging my batteries because I have a more appreciative tone to how I look at the world and be like, Oh, I can go experience that thing. And it's not about being, you know, grinding all of the time or always being a hundred percent productive, like doing the productive thing. Like yeah. sometimes the most productive thing is doing nothing at all. Yeah. Because you give yourself the space to mm-hmm. kind of decompress and step away from it. Because yeah. when you go revisit that thing, whatever it was, it's given you that that little bit of breather or recovery to to look at it with a fresh pair of eyes. And it's like, oh, mm-hmm. I figured it out. Yeah. That is where I was stuck on, you know. Yep. And some of the times it's like it reminds me of the gym where it's like you you get in that mindset where you got to go every day. Like I got to can't be lazy. got to keep going. Mm-hmm. 
And then you take maybe two, three days off and like you come back to that like fourth day and you're like, oh, dude, I'm like breaking all my own records right now because I gave myself time to heal. Yeah. <laughs> you don't think about that. And it, I try to do the same thing when it comes to this podcast. A lot of times it's like, no, it's like when you go out in the world and like meet your friends again or like catch up with people, that's like recovery. Like mm-hmm. you, you yeah. need it. You need a break sometimes to go experience life instead of just being in your head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You got to know when to step away. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Like. It's a never-ending battle. It, yeah, and it it's so easy to get in your own head, especially like you know, like us or like people like us, where you kind of obsess over certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to know when it's like, all right, man, you need to put it down. Yeah. You know what I mean? And <laughs> that's kind of something I've been trying to. I don't know, like find the perfect balance because, for me, I can. <laughs> I've caught before I've gotten better at it, but mm-hmm. before I've found myself when I do, I'm like, okay, I need to take a step away. Mm-hmm. That step away becomes a little longer than I wanted to. And I'm like, Oh, it's been like two weeks. And I'm like, fuck. Oh. <laughs> and it's like, damn it, dude. Like, but because like, you needed that much time to kind of yeah be because you're not, it's like you're coming off a peak. Yeah. It's like, it, it was almost like all in or uh, all out. And yeah. it was like, ah, it's not uh, sustainable. Mm-hmm. So it's getting to the point where, I mean, now I'm getting like super annoyingly regimented and switching like my job, switching and now I work from home so that Mm -hmm. I'm adjusting to that. And that is so easy to be lazy. I cannot stress it enough. Like working from home is awesome for everyone listening who wants a remote job. It's awesome. But let me tell you, it is so easy to be lazy, not necessarily with the job, Mm -hmm. um, because I feel like if you're doing a job, you're doing a job. If you are a hard worker, you're going to work hard at what you're doing regardless. So I'm not necessarily saying that. But when it comes to other things, it's easy to be like, because you're home all day. And then it's like, oh, I got to go to the gym now. It's easy to yeah. be like, nah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know I, I get like, that. Yeah. It's it's a weird feeling to, to, or it's it's a weird thing to be used to doing a thing. Like, I feel like going somewhere sometimes, like, even if it's just the gym or just mm-hmm. your job, it, it like allows you to switch over into that, yeah. those different modes, mm-hmm. right? Like it's like, a, it's like turning a knob. It's like, all right, now it's work mode. And then you go to work mm-hmm. or it's like gym mode. So you're in gym mode now. And then, you, but when you're just in the same environment all the time, it's like, you just get, you know, it's like couch lock, but for your yeah. brain. Yeah. <laughs> the world goes on around, like around you without you realizing it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you have to be out in it, especially if you're trying to tell stories about what the world is, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? you can't unless you're just some genius who's a little sociopathic. Yeah. And then, <laughs> congrats to them, dude. But like, yeah, I don't know. Most of the writers I admire, like they're introverted, but they have to be doing things like mm-hmm. Aaron Sorkin. I kind of started doing this a little bit. Uh-oh. I just wanted to try it out. But what he'll do is he like, like vibrantly will act out his dialogue. So he'll be writing something to be like, you can't handle the truth. You know what I mean? Like from a few good men. I bet Alex loves this. Oh no, she hates it. (laughs) Well, actually she hasn't said anything about it, but there was one time I asked her to, (laughs) I was like, okay, I need you to be this person. In the short I'm writing, there's a, a female character. I forget her name whatever the name is. I was like, can you just read her parts? And I'm going to read the guy's parts. And she's like, what? I'm like, just, just read that, read that. Just say it. When I say this, <laughs> she's like, I'm not an actor. <laughs> and I'm like, I know I'm not, you don't have to be. <laughs> I'm like, that's not what I'm saying. I just need to hear That's it. So amazing. You know what I mean? So I just literally, so she's like, like I, I didn't start, sign up for this. Yeah. I'm like, you help me. But so now I just do it myself and I'll like say it out loud. Um, do you like run from one side of the room to the other? Yeah. I'm just like, you got no, I don't do that. But I'm just like, but no, like it helps when you can hear it because you can hear the rhythm. It's like music. No, I get it. Weird. I didn't even 
Did, did you make a connection there? Yeah, it was the first time. I, I mean, I've heard other people say <clears throat> it, but it's the first time I related it to my own work. Yeah. Um, but it really is. And you can like hear the rhythms, like the flow. Yeah. You know, and hear like, oh, the beats, how oh, that the, works. You know it, what I mean? It It is wild for me that like, because I've started to do, it's such a weird thing that some of my written podcasts are were started out as typed out things. And then I'm like, I'm gonna make that a podcast. So then all of a sudden it's like, I get done with the written form of it. And then I'm like, all right, time to record. And then I'm like reading it out loud. And I'm like, Oh dude, that sentence is horrible. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like typing, I'm like fixing it in real time. <laughs> and then I'm like, all right, I gotta go re-record that. Send yeah. Like it's wild. Like mm -hmm. sometimes you just gotta talk, uh, talk it, like yeah. speak it. And then it really makes it feel like a thing. Yeah. Cause written English is very different than spoken English. Yeah. And oh, yeah. spoken English is, it's so strange. English is just a strange language, but it's like spoken English is like unrefined. Whereas yeah, formal, literally. like written like English is very formalized. Yeah. And you know, there's words that you say, especially like seeing transcripts, the normal way we talk is, a lot of run on type sentences. Mm -hmm. It's like ands and buts and eyes. Like you say, I, 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 I like stutter mm -hmm. and the, you knows yeah. <laughs> those filler words as you're like speaking your thoughts that don't come out in written English. Mm -hmm. Cause they're not there. Cause it's refined. Right. right? Yeah. <laughs> it's such a strange thing to do. And it's like, you have to clean it up to make it readable. Yeah. Like you, clean up the the fluffy words yeah. and the extra things and it's like oh wow right weird which is why i love dialogue because <laughs> it's like it's got to be clean but it's got to be messy at the same time it's got to sound that sounds like, fun you know what i mean like it's got to sound like people are like people don't talk you know have you ever watched something and it's like people don't say that you know what right. i mean like, like i'm imagining like a gangbanger or something like he's like how is your day today, sir? And it's like, no, no bruh. one talks like that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, you just look at him, bro. Yeah. It's like, stop. You know what It's I mean? actually fun. Like I'm reading a book right now and they have a lot of like, there's a gang, like a Spanish gang in it. Is it fiction? Yeah, it's fiction. Okay. It's like a thriller novel with like murder mystery kind of thing. Do you read much? Sorry to cut you off. Do you read much fiction? I used to. A lot of it is literally behind you to your to yeah. your right. I used to a lot, but I, uh, lately I don't as much. But what will happen is I, I'll get a book where I'll like be reading a whole bunch of fiction or nonfiction rather. And then I need, I'm like, eh, I'll, I'm going to need a break from my brain and mm -hmm. not absorb so much just raw inputs. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. And then I'll, I'll go into a, a fiction book for a while and just absorb it. And it's mm -hmm. fun because it feels like I'm in a movie. Right. I've explained this before yeah. to you where I can kind of like pick up a chapter and it feels like a new episode mm -hmm. and it's fun. Like now I'm actually kind of see how, the authors can write their characters where they write their prose to fit the character's tone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is like, I've never made that connection until like earlier this week. And it's so, it's such a strange thing to, to, to notice those little details where it's like, Oh, this, they're like writing in that character's tone now, or yeah. like writing how he would speak or like, he's a, like one character is like a reporter. And so he's like a little rough kind of like beat reporter kind of mm -hmm. guy, like, but resourceful kind of squirrely. So yeah. they write in that way, oh, that's really cool. you know, and, or it's like, they'll be showing like uh, descriptive language with like the gang member, like who are Spanish. So they're doing like broken, broken Spanglish. Like Spanglish yeah. yeah. Where they'll put like English words and then they put like ombre or something in there yeah. and throw it in there to make it feel like unrefined right. and broken. That's cool. It's really fun. Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, wow, this is really cool. Like, you know, so you have to know a little bit of Spanish. Like, I'm not fluent in Spanish, obviously, but mm -hmm. I know enough of Spanish to kind of understand up, what, yeah. they're, what they're trying to say. And mm -hmm. they, it's just really cool to kind of get those layers in writ, wrote, written form and then seeing how it translates into audio and transcripts and stuff like that. You yeah. know, me and always connecting things. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is really cool that they do that. I figure... 
what's his name george r martin. r martin would do something really similar yeah i only read one of his books yeah i haven't read any of it's them. really intense i've heard they're nuts but. it's intense and i don't know what it is i was less interested about his books than i was about like lord of the rings or even the first law trilogy i thought those books were more interesting to me mm-hmm. i don't know why it could be that just the tv show was had so much hype around it that it just didn't feel yeah. necessary mm-hmm. to read the book whereas like lord of the rings it felt like okay they spent enough of that time in the movies to get it right mm-hmm. that it felt like there was more than enough to go like that you could get and extract from in lord of the rings right if that makes sense yeah no that definitely makes sense so yeah. just different lenses yeah you know each one has its own reasons to be right used in my opinion at this point yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that's yeah that's a whole a whole nother thing yeah like it's a skill. It's definitely not easy. So I commend, uh, I don't remember their names. So I apologize. Peter Jackson? No, well, him too. The writers for Game of Thrones. Oh, was it D.B. Weiss? The... That sounds right. D- and I forget the other guy's name yeah. off the top of my head. Yeah. But it was a pair. They were yeah, the writer-director pair. Yeah. But commend to them because I don't think it's easy to adapt a story. Mm-mm. Because that's a lot. There's a lot in a novel. And the pick the important parts and then take all the fluff out and, you know, still hit home on certain areas. That is not, especially in an hour long episode. And that's more than versus, most people get, right? right. <laughs> versus a two hour movie like Hunger Games. I think did it really well. I did. I enjoyed that movie. I thought they're awesome. They're I liked good. all of them. Yeah. All four of them. And my uncle, he was like, I, I, I can't watch that. I'm like, why? <laughs> he was like, it's kids killing kids. I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> okay, I guess. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm like, I guess that is really dark. But Didn't think about that. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't feel dark, but it is. Like, when you really think about it, it's like... Yeah, it's very dystopian. Yeah, it's like, oh, they're picking kids out of towns and saying, yeah, kill each other. And whoever wins, huh. you're a celebrity. <laughs> it's, like, really dark. dark. Yeah, that's really dark. Wow. Yeah. And you don't notice that, but it's... It, I I like it a lot. I like the story. Mm-hmm. I think it's really cool. Yeah, I don't know. I, I have a really... It's a really interesting thing to, like, adapt something to screen in mm-hmm. some way or another. Yeah. Even, even even like to use another one is The Witcher, right? Yeah. Like I feel like that's a special another special case too because that's a video game. It's a book turned into a video game turned into a series. Mm-hmm. So it's like you got three different audiences mm-hmm. that they're trying to target and like make happy. Yeah. And I, they nailed it. I think. I think they did a great job. Yeah. You know they they really capture the essence of the character, like especially with something like that where you have like you know, a visual representation, like a book is one thing, right? Mm -hmm. Where you have a description of a character and it's like, all right, how do we make this character real? Mm -hmm. Whereas like you got a video game character. It's like, Oh dear God, like we got it. Mm -hmm. And now we got to either, you know, make a lot of people upset (laughs) or we try to hit it as close to that as we can. A video game. It's turned to like film or, you know, TV shows or whatever. I, I feel like more so than not don't work. Yeah. Like, I can't think of another one that turned out well. Doom, but not Doom was great. terrible. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the one with the rock. Did I don't you see remember, that yeah, in like the early two thousands. Yeah, I know it was oh early. Oh my god, that I'm was. Trying awful. to think of other video game movies that I can even think of. There's not many. Not, yeah, there's not many. I know there's some like Sonic the Hedgehog. Everyone says it was awesome. I I haven't seen. I've it. I've heard the same thing. It's like kind of like Detective Pikachu. Mm-hmm. If you're a fan of that stuff, you you know you you'll like be it. a fan of that yeah. too. Kind of. I mean, that one they they did a one eighty on that one. And the Pikachu? Uh, no, on uh, Sonic. Because... Oh, when they first came out. Everyone hated the look of Sonic. Yeah. 
and then they went to the drawing board and mm-hmm. redid that. that. I commend that production company, dude. Like, that's pretty good. It's impressive because that doesn't. How many times have people come out and been like, oh, we don't like that. It looks like this. I mean, they basically and had they to redo like, the whole goddamn yeah, movie. That's awesome that they did that. Yeah. They were like, oh, people don't like it. Well, we'll fix it. Like re-rendering an entire model like that is yeah. no joke. And they had to pay all these people to come back. Dude, that's honestly, that's so dope. And I'm glad that all the people who complained, well, I don't know if that's the case, but if you're someone who complained about how it looked, they went to fix it. Go see the movie. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Do them a justice. Yeah, like don't, because then if you don't, like say, I, I don't know what the numbers are, but say the numbers fall flat. Mm-hmm. No production company is ever going to do it again. They're going right. to be like, no, it doesn't matter because you're not going to see it anyway. Right. So they're going to be like, this is what you get. Well, that's so. going to be the biggest thing for them. It's yeah. like, okay, if how many people complained, can we, you know, track this in some way or yeah. like see reviews mm-hmm. in some way? Yeah. So I mean, yeah, they, that's be lucky that we have the ability that, you know, the audiences can kind of have a voice a yeah. little bit because, you know, back before the internet yeah, movie just came out right write him a letter right <laughs> like, a little too late when yeah. this letter goes <laughs> <laughs> like yeah it is really cool it's cool that you, it's uh, a little more accessible mm-hmm. it's interesting we're in an interesting time of entertainment and like I love it I for you it's like the golden age yeah especially for TV yeah I love it I had a I was literally when we left the gym I was thinking about the initial script i was gonna write and mm-hmm. i was like that's a little too much because it's like a it's gonna be like a saga mm-hmm. and i was like i'm just not there yet and i was thinking about it and i'm like should it be a tv show <laughs> like, <laughs> i just like i think i like tv more than film mm-hmm. is that because it like times constraint differently yeah i feel like you can really i feel like tv uh, i might be wrong but i feel like tv is more about character and like you can really get into the character, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry, I keep bringing this up. I'm really sorry, but Breaking Bad, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> we just need to do a deep dive into Breaking know, Bad at this to. point. It's just to me, it's it's like kind of set the bar, so I keep referring to it because I'm like, hey. I think that's a gold standard. Yeah. But I mean, how they got into not only you know Walt, but like all the other characters, and you really, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel like it. You can't have that in a film. Yeah. A film, I think, is more should be more based around the themes. And things like that that you're trying to present. That's what I was thinking too. As mm-hmm. you're describing this, I was kind of like, well, film is better at like painting broad brush. Yeah. yeah. Whereas a TV series, you can do character arc. Yeah. And I'm thinking too, like series that's like not commercial break. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like commercial break ruins things. It does. I mean, it's just annoying. It removes the cadence. <laughs> yeah. Like whatever like tone or cadence, you got to like reimmerse the audience yeah. every time there's a break. Yeah. So you're supposed to write those in. And oh it's really? Like the X. That's kind of what that is. So like, TV shows. I think they're on like a. Five, it keeps changing, but it's I like, think they're running on a five act structure now. Okay. Because there's like five commercial breaks, and so each new act comes after the commercial. It's like, what is that? Probably like seven to eight minutes an act. Yeah. Then? Yeah. Depend. I mean, it, depending. If it's on a forty-five. If it's an, if it's an 40, hour long, it's yeah. forty-five minutes of. Yeah. See, this is me doing my thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, literally. It's, so you're supposed to write those in, but it's kind of less important now with the like Netflix and stuff like right. that. But in that it, within the acts for commercial breaks, there are certain things that have to be brought up that should be brought up in each act. Like the beginning you have to, we have to know in the first <clears throat> 10 or so pages what the story is about. Yeah. You know what I mean? And within those 10 pages, which would translate to 10 minutes, am I interested or do I not care? Yeah. 
Basically, so. that's like your hook, right? Like you yeah. got you got ten minutes to make yeah. sure the audience is going to stick around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean that's true, right? Are you going to watch something for <laughs> two seasons to be like, well, I hated it up till now? <laughs> like, no, that's after the first episode. If you don't like it, for the most part, yeah. Like, I, uh, people know what they like and know what they don't like mm-hmm. pretty quickly. Yeah. The o- I think the only time people give things a second chance is when they have friends or people that are close to them saying, "No, man, you gotta yeah, just keep watching. You gotta go, yeah. yeah. Like, unless you have a cult following like that, where it's like, just keep watching mm-hmm. episode four. That's when it gets really good. <laughs> you know, you got that. that you. Yeah, you got that one friend who gets really enthusiastic about things. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you just gotta keep going. Like, yeah. you, you'll love it. Mm-hmm. You know, they're trying to sell it to you more than the show is selling. Yeah. It to you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's kind of how I am with Breaking... Like, people watch the first episode of Breaking Bad. They're like, I don't know. I wasn't interested. And I'm like, how? I'm like, I mean, to me, I was like, I don't get what's not... I mean, yeah, it's the first episode. It took me a long time to get it. Like, get like give it a chance. Mm-hmm. And then once I gave it a chance, I was like, oh. You're like, oh. oh. And then it was like the second episode. And I was like, oh. Yeah. And then, the, and then it just kept going. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. I'm like, I mean... They're setting the story. They can't give you everything mm-hmm. right then. Like it's a slow build, building. for yeah. sure. But I feel like it's got the best payoff when they give you everything too early. Yeah. Then you're expecting them to beat that, and it's really hard. So what I what I want to bring up here is <clears throat> so you're really like you said you're really into dialogue and you're mm-hmm. really into character, like character development. Yeah. I was gonna say growth, but that's the wrong word because no, that, yeah, no, that's actually. <laughs> like, that's I was gonna right. say growth, but it's 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 broader than that because you can have negative character arcs for for. Walt, yeah. Walt's sake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, so it's gross, but not in the way you... Not in the positive yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah. So for me, I'm obviously a big fan of like sci-fi. Mm-hmm. And I think what sci-fi does well is to give you a world that isn't exactly real, but a world that could be. So if you think of like Black Mirror probably being one of the prime examples of this. Mm-hmm. this is That's why I really love sci-fi. It's not that the writing or characters are all that interesting, but it's like it gets your creative juices again to go back to that. Right. Because if you look at a lot of the fundamental sci-fi things back in like the 60s and 70s, those the people that created Silicon Valley watched that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, you know, 40 years later, some of the things that they saw in like Star Trek and Dune and all those movies and books are now real in some form. Not by those names, but... Mm -hmm they're 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 kind of real right and to me that i think that's what sci-fi does it gives you a window into a world that could be yeah and then those little kids that see it say "Ooh," they become the adults that say what if that is real yeah and then they're you know crazy enough to try and make it real yeah and then all of a sudden they do right (laughs) (laughs) so i don't know if you have anything to add to that or thoughts Um, about just you know film and writing being lenses to create a world that could be yeah so how do i want to say it so i i will watch any genre i'll start there so i'm not because i think i have to i have to be versed i can't just be i only watch thrillers you know what i mean so it's like, <laughs> then i'm only i can only write thrillers you know yeah. what i mean so like i'll watch rom-coms <laughs> you know what i mean and like, <laughs> the roll of the eyes is yeah, hard because god <laughs> but, <laughs> but like you have a really specific like range of things like you're pretty open to most things but it's like now it's rom-coms and country well no so country never <laughs> but like <laughs> rom-coms there are some really really good ones you know what i mean that i'm like that was a really good movie 
country have not had that yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it just hasn't happened. Whatever. Even, even old old uh, old town road. That's I guess okay. I guess I'm wrong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's one that I liked. Okay, I'm wrong. I like country. <laughs> I'll go that one too. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, but no, there's some rom-coms that I'm like, okay, they they did a good job. If I can, I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head. It's not a movie, but High Fidelity. High Fidelity. It's a new show on Hulu. Mm-hmm. I, I would say, it's, yeah, it's a romantic comedy, but it's a little different. <clears throat> it's a remake of a movie that was made in like the 2000s, maybe 2004. I know I'm going off a little bit, but I'll bring it back. But that they do that really well. I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Like I knew from the first five minutes that I'm like, this is going to be good because the acting and like they just you're in it. You're in oh. the situation. Like they just they immerse you <clears throat> into this intense situation. Like going it's like a couple going through a breakup. Oh, and without even giving like without relaying this like a like a mouthful of exposition, you kind of know like wow. that it was like they did undertones oh, and just kind of yeah, gave you it was the like oh emotional could, yeah like you could tell like oh this is like true heartbreak like this was supposed to be the one and it's ending and that's like the first scene and the acting in it i'm like oh god i was like this is gonna be good so wow go watch high fidelity zoe kravitz is in it she's dope amazing yeah go watch it so cool <laughs> <laughs> to bring it back i watch a lot of genres and i've sci-fi isn't one of my favorite genres not because i dislike science fiction Mm -hmm. but for the reason you said where i forgot how you said it but what they try to i feel like the focus sometimes can be more on the world or like on the i call it world building world building but like on the like look at this cool thing this guy's an android or Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and it's like the focus is they on use the like coolness. A, a gimmicky of, <clears throat> yeah. of like, look at this sci-fi thing. Yeah, like <laughs> even Star Wars, it's like the focus is on how cool it is, mm-hmm. not necessarily the characters of the story. Not saying they don't. Right. But like the sci-fi, like Ex Machina. Yes. You know what I mean? That's right. one of the best movies I think ever Annihilation made. Annihilation. Yeah. Annihil- yeah, that's another one. But also, like, same director, ironically. Didn't, is it? Yep, didn't even. I said it and I was like, oh, wow, no wonder I like both of those movies. I didn't, I didn't know that. Same, same, I think it's same writer, same director. Huh. He's making a, I think it's a he, he's making a TV show. Mm-hmm. Whoever, I saw it like briefly, I didn't look into it, but I saw that there he's producing something. <laughs> so I'm excited about that. That's um, pretty cool. But yeah, like stuff like that when it's like heavy themes and like characters are important, yes. stuff like that. Like I love that. Yeah, that's why I kind of said black mirror too because they're, they're kind of a high watermark in, yeah. in the genre of that mm-hmm. thing yeah black mirror can get away with it because since it's uh what's it called serialized yeah i think that's what so it's not each episode is its own yeah it doesn't continue so story. it doesn't have to necessarily be so character centric which is so they can get away with something like that mm-hmm. um but i do what what a story should do is highlight something that either was or is or can be yeah and take the most drastic form of it because you can't it's boring if you write a story about the mundanity of everyday life like okay yeah. cool but like take the office for example it's a comedy and it's literally just working in an office but it's like let's put the craziest people inside this office and now it's interesting well because you know it's like mean? it's like they take those personalities and turn them up a couple notches mm-hmm. and then you got like you know, yeah. the the office manager. Right. And I then you it. have uh, Dwight. Yeah. Or then you have the lazy guy, right? Yeah. And then <laughs> Yeah, it's like literally, <laughs> it's, like, it's like, let's give you a nerd 
but not just a nerd. He doesn't just like Battlestar Galactica. Like, no, he's crazy. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? Like we're flipping. He lives by himself on a farm and he, it's a beat farm. Like, you yeah, know what I mean? It's like just, all this ridiculous. Yeah, it's like, just make it as drastic as possible. And that's when it becomes interesting and like compelling. And you want to hear about it. Cause yeah. you're like, I have yet to meet a beat farmer. You know what I mean? Like just, you know, but, but like, then he like, but he feels like a beat farmer. Exactly. Exactly. And it's relatable. <laughs> and you feel like you've met a beat farmer, but then you're like, Oh no, no, I haven't, you know, I've, no managers, Michael Scott, I, but you feel like you've met managers that you like, that are like, oh, Michael Scott, like Michael Scott, but not, yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? HR it's it's hilarious. <laughs> oh my God. It's so hilarious. There was like a guy, um, he was doing like YouTube videos or something like on a Facebook thing. Mm-hmm. And he was doing like gym impressions where he was talking, mm-hmm. but like dubbed over, but he was dressed oh, really? like him. Huh. And he had like the interview scene where it's like the white wall behind him. Yeah. And then talking heads. Yeah. The talk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Doing the talking head scene with the mm-hmm. documentary, but he's just, he looked exactly like him really? and he's just mimicking word for word with the actual audio playing. That's kind of cool. And he's like mimicking the facial expenses and the nonchalance. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, whatever. You know how Jim does his <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah. He does the eyebrow thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I it's really that. funny. I was yeah. like, wow, is this, you nailed it. Like, cause, cause it's like, they have, they've thought about the characters enough to have the little nuances that it's like, Oh yeah, that's, you know, yeah, Jim. That's Jim. It's, it's even weirder because like I, they've done, Jim did Jim so well that he's still Jim, even though he's Jack Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever else he's done. Yeah, you know whatever I mean? else. Like, and like he's married to Emily Blunt, but you want him to be married to Pam. <laughs> you know what I mean? Weird. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> no, you're with Pam. And apparently though, apparently he's like really like you know how he's like super cute. Yeah. And like does all this stuff for Pam and everyone's like, Oh, I love Yeah, Pam. he's like adorable like, but, like in that apparently way. he's like that in real life. Oh, where like really? Yeah, so Emily Blunt's in the movie Devil Wears Prada. Oh yeah, okay. And forget exactly what it is there's a scene where she's like wants to wear this dress or something like that Mm -hmm. and in this podcast i listened to beyond the screenplay Mm -hmm. um they were talking about devil wears prada and she the girl was like oh emily blunt did an interview and she was saying like she would come home and john krasinski would be like sitting on the couch watching devil wears prada when she walked in and he's like i just love you in this dress and it's like Dude, give us a chance, bro. <laughs> like, what? Like, come on, dude. Like, <laughs> that can't be real. Yeah, I'm like, so you're just really like that? Like, come wow. on, stop. <laughs> like, but it's cool though. You know, that's. I mean? I mean, that's just where acting in in real life mm-hmm. meet. Yeah, you know, it's probably so easy for him. He's like, I'm just like this. So, you're like, this is this is who I am. Yeah. So here I go. Right. That's kind of cool. Yeah. That's really neat. Yeah. So we're almost at an hour and a half already. Oh damn. Yeah. Time flies. Yeah. Um, I like we didn't. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, looked at it. I'm like, I thought it was like 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying a new question mm. for this year. I, I just started using it, but you know, obviously feeding curiosity is the title of this thing, but I do believe that feeding curiosity is very specific to the individual. Mm-hmm. So my question is, what is feeding curiosity for you? I, Hmm. I really want to like what goes into what I do is one, something that fulfills me. So like when I stopped doing music, that was like soul searching. Mm-hmm. I, I attribute that to like the soul searching Jordan. Thing. Like if anyone yeah. did a 30 for 30 on me, <laughs> that would be the time was like, he discovered himself. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like that bio line in, in, in 2004, he hung up the microphone and yeah, like or whatever date yeah. it was. And it wasn't 2004. It wasn't 2004. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why yeah. I said 2004. It definitely wasn't. But <laughs> like more like 2017. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. 13 years later. But, <laughs> um, but no, it's, I like to do to surround myself with things that I find fulfilling. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I try to 
encompass my life in. Now the things that keep me hungry and keep me striving are to become the best I possibly can at said things. So for instance, like screenwriting, not in the eyes of others than myself. Mm-hmm. And so to do that, I believe you have to be fully immersed and find out as much as you can. So it's it's a curiosity that stems from desire, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I'm not, <laughs> you know me. There's stuff that like people talk about. I'm just like, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like not. I mean, you're very specific about the things you just, yeah. cool, but mm-hmm. not my thing. Yeah, you know, and like <laughs> I, I'm not necessarily like cynical or, you know, I don't put people down on stuff they're into. Mm-hmm. Unless it's country, but, (laughs) but like, you know, if there's something that I'm not about or doesn't necessarily interest me, you can tell me all you want and be like, oh, you should look into this. And I'm like, yep, not going to do that. You know what I mean? You're also, I think that's one of the things too you do. You're very honest about that. Yeah. Like you can, someone could say you should look into it Mm -hmm. and you're like, maybe you're like, you're like, maybe it is. Mm -hmm. I haven't looked into it. I probably won't. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. you don't get people's hopes up. You don't like lead people on. Yeah. And I mean, that's just because I know where my attention needs to be and should be. Mm -hmm. And that's one in living a life and I want to, you know, create memories, but also I want to be the best version of myself in the eyes of myself that I could be. I don't want to be, okay, I think I figured it out. So I don't want to be older, let's say 60 or 70 and look back on this time in my life and be like, I really didn't give it my all. Like, I don't want to have regret. And I think that is always here. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like always just kind of in the shadows and like that, at the periphery, like when you like mm-hmm. right before you close your eyes at night. Yeah. And that is like, literally it's like a, it doesn't even feel like a fire. It feels like, like something's like reaching out to grab you. And it's like when you're slipping up too much, like you just feel it getting closer and you're like, ah, no, 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 no. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like get it, get it together. You know what I mean? It's, it's a scary, it's scary. I honestly, that is one of the scariest things to me. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? To look back on life and be like, wow, I didn't give myself a real chance and whatever. I mean, and put whatever you want, but Mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's what really feeds like my curiosity and everything I do is just not leaving anything on the table. Dope. Yeah. Couldn't put it any better. That's that's awesome, man. Yeah. (laughs) Sick. That's really cool. And that's a perfect place to end this conversation with the great and powerful Jordan Chris. Thank you. Thank you for having me, man. It was dope. As always, you always got a spot at the table. Peace. I want to take a quick second and talk about how you can support our show. I believe this is the most honest way that I can connect with you, the listener, and put it in front of everyone. You can support our show for as little as 99 cents a month. We release four podcasts a month, all at an average length of about an hour. That means you are supporting us at just 25 cents an hour. That's, a, that's cheaper than the dollar menu. I think it's safe to say that we provide more value than that. And if you learn anything from our content, please consider becoming a supporter today with the link in the description of any episode or on the website at feedingcuriosity.net. And with that, thanks for listening and please enjoy the show. Thank you all for listening to this episode of Feeding Curiosity. I hope you all learned something or at least got you thinking. If you want to dive in deeper, please head over to feedingcuriosity.net to find related links or just more podcasts and blogs that we've posted there. On top of this, please consider subscribing to our newsletter to stay up to date on the latest happenings on the website. Thank you all for joining me one more time and we'll catch you all in the next episode.